Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends! Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. My name is Dahlia. I am the president of Chickenlandia, and I am coming to you from the lovely Pacific Northwest. Today, we are going to talk about the wonderful and often misunderstood rooster. Um, I have a couple of listener questions that I'm going to go over here in a few minutes, and then I will open up the chat for questions. So if you have some questions that you want to ask and you're here watching live today, just hang on to those and you can ask them towards the end of the podcast. Um, I just want to mention, I know many, first of all, I want to thank everybody for their positive messages, their supportive messages, supportive messages. Um, Chickenlandia is going through a lot right now. I've got a nasty case of coccidiosis going through my flock. It has been a very difficult few weeks. I am going to put out an update video because there has been some changes since the last video I put out last week. Um, So there'll be an update video about what's going on now on Wednesday. So, you know, you can listen to it on Wednesday or if you're listening to this on in podcast form, it's Thursday already. So you need to go back to the future and watch it. Because it's already out. Um, But today I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like kind of put that aside. Everything that's going on, we're going to put it aside. We're going to have some fun and we're going to talk about roosters because um, I need a little break. I need a little break. So um, I love talking about roosters. So let's do that. It's much more fun. So if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk and possibly become chicken famous, get your five minutes of chicken fame. All you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com. You can go to the contact section and then click ask a chicken question. And do me a favor, while you are there on the website, you should join the mailing list Chickenlandia Nation. It is the greatest mailing list, chicken mailing list in all of the universe, in all the multi-universes, okay? And don't worry, I do not spam people. I don't send out a ton of emails. Um, I actually really don't like that, so I don't like to do it to other people. Um, But it's a great, you know, you'll get all the news first. And um, if you're interested in taking my online course, which is called Chickenlandia's Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone, 
then you will get a coupon for that when you join Chickenlandia Nation. So definitely recommend that. The online course is super fun. Um, the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor, Kelsey, uh, she is a co-instructor in that course. And it's just, I'm really proud of it. And it's a great way to have like access to me because it's in, in, it's interactive and you can ask questions and I try to get to them. Either myself or Kelsey will get to them, usually within 24 hours as opposed to like, you know, if you send me an email, I might never be able to get to it because I just get so many emails. <laughs> so just want to put that out there. And the other thing I want to do before I start answering questions and talking about roosters is I need to make two announcements because you guys know I got to pay those chicken bills. I got, I got to. My chickens are scrubs. They don't, <laughs> they don't earn money. They don't pay any bills. I have to pay all the bills. So as always, I want to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my chicken feed. They have my favorite feed, scratch and peck feed, which is non-GMO, organic, socially responsible, all that stuff. Um, they've got chicken supplies, fun chicken stuff. Um, they've got chicken treats, all kinds of like fun chicken treats. And I just really like it. They have great inventory. They've got really good products. So uh, check them out. I will put a link to them in the description and in the show notes. This podcast is also brought to you by Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a small local company to me, and they have an online store that I love. Right now, I'm using three of their products. Um, I just got a new product in the mail that I'm going to try. But so far, I've, I've used their um, organic pine shavings, which I love. I have used their pet greens, which is so much fun, guys. It's like growing sprouts for my chickens in a little pouch. And it's super easy and kids love it. Um, and I've used their flake oyster shell. And I just got some different kind of oyster shell that they sent me. Because of everything that's going on right now in Chickenlandia, I haven't been able to try it yet, but soon I will try it and I'll let you know how that is. But so far I've loved all their products. Um, and then they also have like stuff for like rabbits and chinchillas and other fuzzy, uh, fuzzy critters. <laughs> so I am going to leave a link in the description and in the show notes and there will be a coupon code in there for you if you want to check them out. Okay, so... I do have two listener questions I'm going to I'm going to answer, but I do want to talk to you a little bit just about the pros and cons of keeping roosters, because a lot of people, they find themselves in this position where they're like, you know, should I get a rooster or they already have a rooster and they didn't expect one. And they're like, should I keep this rooster? So we can talk about the pros and cons. And then I'm going to give you a little bit about my personal philosophy about roosters Um and really what they can symbolize in our modern Western society. Because I think we need to, we need to get a little bit of clarity. We need, to, <laughs> we need a little bit of clarity about roosters in our society. Because I, I think they get a bad rap. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So let's start with talking about the pros of having a rooster or roosters in your flock. Um, and a lot of people talk about this. They ask, you know, if I get a rooster, will it help keep my chickens safe from predators? And that is a possible pro to keeping a rooster. They can help 
to protect your flock. And, you know, if you watch flock dynamics, and especially if you have the opportunity to watch chickens free ranging, like if they have a lot of space and you're watching your whole flock move as a unit, you'll often see the rooster at the front and he's kind of leading his hens around and he's kind of standing in front of them and just being like on the constant lookout to make sure that there's nothing that comes around that might harm his hens. And a good rooster will put themselves between their flock and danger. They, they will. Now, that doesn't mean that a rooster will be able to 100% keep your flock safe from predators. They can be part of the equation, like they can be part of your predator-proofing plan, but them by themselves, usually it's, you know, I mean, sometimes it can be enough, but it's not always enough because let's face it, a rooster is still a chicken. You know, if there are coyotes coming or whatever, he can like, he will attack, you know, if he's a good rooster, he'll attack the coyote, but, you know, he's probably going to get killed. So that's something to consider that he can't completely protect your chickens or your hens, but he will be part of that equation and part of protecting, you know, predator proofing your flock. But yeah. And you know, some roosters will just run and hide. (laughs) They'll just run and hide when they see, when they see something coming, they will, they'll say, save yourself, you know, (laughs) Um, and you know, what can I say? I don't blame them. You know, if it were me, I'd probably do the same thing. So not every rooster is going to be like this grand protector of their flock. They they all have different personalities. Um, Roosters can help with flock dynamics um, if if they're a good rooster. And I say good, you know, that's a a really, I don't know, I don't really like that term because I don't believe in like bad roosters, but just for the sake of like, Um, communication and clarity here. (laughs) I am using that term. Like, uh, obviously there are characteristics that you would like to have in your rooster. And then there's other characteristics you don't necessarily want to to have, doesn't necessarily make them bad, but it's not helpful for your flock. So, you know, for, for that, I I hope that comes across. Okay. Um, So a good, a good rooster, I'm doing little quotes, they will help to keep the flock dynamics in order. And what I mean is, is they can keep like squabbling and, um, you know, um, pecking order problems more organized and more in order. They'll, they'll kind of keep cranky hands from fighting with each other all the time, um, and generally, they will work on keeping peace in the flock. And he can help. And I'm seeing a lot of this right now. Like, my roosters will protect the baby chicks in the flock. Like, they will walk around with the mom. And they'll, like, you know, find little pieces of food for the baby chicks. And just make sure that the other hens are not bothering the baby chicks. Because, you know, adult hens can sometimes be very aggressive towards baby chicks, especially if the mama hen isn't around. So a good rooster will help to protect baby chicks from cranky old hens. And they'll, you know, they'll go around and find tasty morsels for their flock whenever they can. Um, And a good, a good rooster will, if he finds something tasty, he will offer it to the flock first before he eats it. Roosters can help keep your flock sustainable. A lot of people ask me, will 
will hens lay eggs without a rooster? And we know, we know, most of us know that um, the answer to that question is yes, they will. But if you want baby chicks, obviously you need to have a rooster. Having a rooster can help people to replenish their flocks and they don't have to have chicks shipped to them. They don't have to have eggs shipped to them. Um, They don't need to go to the farm store and buy chicks that have been shipped. Um, You know, generally they can handle that on their own and hatch out baby chicks within their flock. Now, I just want to make sure that you understand that anytime you hatch chicks, there is almost 100% chance that you will get more roosters. So that's something that you definitely need to keep in mind. A lot of people will end up with too many roosters. So it's it's best to, to just remember that. Like if you hatch out baby chicks, you need to have a plan for extra roosters because, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but you need to have the right ratio of rooster to hen in order to have peace in your flock. You know, I, I, I just, there's just so many people that find themselves in a predicament, like, and they don't know what to do. And a lot of roosters get abandoned every year. So I just want to make sure that you have a plan and whatever plan that is, that it's a humane one. That's the only thing I ask. Another pro roosters are beautiful and they can be very funny and they can be very sweet and have lots of personality. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've had people message me and they're just heartbroken because the one chick out of their batch of chicks that had the most personality, was the cutest, was the tamest, was the funniest one, ends up a rooster. And so, and I feel so bad when people are like, oh my gosh, you know, my kids fell in love with this baby chick and it turned out to be a rooster. And, you know, I mean, that just makes me so sad. But, um, you know, I mean, roosters can be really funny and great pets. Um, some of them are super funny. And in fact, even my Philippe, who we all famously know is, <laughs> can be very awful. He literally tries to actually, he doesn't attack me that much now because in the last like, like three months, Bubblicious has kind of taken over. So Bubblicious is now like the head rooster and Bubblicious will get between me and Philippe. Um, He won't, he will go after Philippe if Philippe tries to get me. Um, So Philippe has definitely calmed down a lot. (laughs) It's funny how that can happen. But even when he was like attacking me daily, he was still like really funny and cute and he just does funny things and acts silly. So, you know, He's cute when he's not trying to kill me. (laughs) So uh, speaking of roosters trying to kill people, let's talk about the cons. (laughs) Here are the cons of keeping a rooster. Uh, I think the main one is that roosters can be very rude. They can be rude. We've all heard the stories of the sweet rooster who, you know, some family raised from the time they were a baby. They were super tame. They were cuddly and sweet. And then all of a sudden... This rooster turns about six months old and the hormones kick in and he's attacking everyone that comes into the chicken yard, which is like, you know, that's not only is that super annoying, you know, beyond that, it can actually be really dangerous. Like Philippe is little. So when he goes after me, it's like, ugh, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's just annoying. 
But if he were a full-size rooster, like a big standard-size rooster with big old spurs, um, that can be dangerous. And especially if there's a little kid involved, it can be dangerous and it can be really traumatic. You know, I get I get really annoyed when I see videos of little kids getting attacked or chased by roosters and they're like crying and people are laughing or someone's like recording it instead of helping the kid. I think that's pretty irresponsible. I just really don't like that because that, you know, that's trauma. And um, you can, you know, a kid can be afraid of roosters for their whole life and of chickens for their whole life. And I know that because I've met a ton of adults that are like, you know what? I'm scared of chickens. And that's sad. <laughs> like, I don't want people to be scared of chickens. So, I, you know, I know that there are a lot of um, rooster lovers and I'm one of them. Like, I love roosters. I love chickens. But there are some situations where people have really no choice to, but to rehome or find another way to deal with their rooster. And, you know, because of the aggressiveness of that rooster. And I don't judge that because, you know, if if someone has small children, that can just be an awful situation. So it's that is something to keep in mind, even if you can have a rooster you should have a plan, especially if you have small children, in case it doesn't work out. Okay, so make sure that make sure that you just keep that in mind. So another con would be um, roosters can stress your flock out, especially if there are too many roosters for the number of hens that you have. So you know there's that problem, and then roosters can overmate the hens. Um, they can chase them. They can have like their favorite hen who they've just overmated a lot, even if you have the right ratio. And they can be generally awful when their hormones have just kicked in. Like that first spring where their hormones are like going wild, they will be, they can be very aggressive. And hopefully after that first year, that kind of calms down, but it doesn't always. So I just want to make you aware of that. I really recommend at least eight hens per rooster if you can swing it. You may need more. You may be able to get away with a little bit less. And that depends on the personality of your flock. And it also depends on um, the personality of the individual birds that you're dealing with. So, that, you know, you could have a rooster that's just not that aggressive and not um, that, um, how do I put this, um, overactive. <laughs> I don't want to get demonetized. And then in that case, maybe you could get away with not having, you know, as many hens as you would for another rooster. But it really depends. And more times than not, you really need to have as many hens as you can per rooster. And I think, you know, uh, probably the biggest con to having a rooster is that they're just not allowed everywhere. You know, in a lot of cities and suburbs and in a lot of um, HOA areas, they're not allowed. I do have feelings about this one and I always get pushback on it. But um, I just I really believe that roosters should be allowed everywhere. I really believe they need to be in the city. I really believe they need to be in the suburbs. I understand that roosters crow. Um, <laughs> I think that is a sound that we in Western society really need to get used to again, because 
in other places in the world, roosters are crowing all over the place. And it's just a noise that we're used to. And I'm really not sure. Actually, I do know why. And, you know, there's there's some unfortunate roots, um, you know, in the history of why the rooster crow has been so demonized in Western society. And a lot of that has to do with class. But I'm not going to get into that right now. <laughs> but it is something to think about. Like, why do we demonize this particular sound, especially in the city, you know, I mean, you can't have roosters in Brooklyn, New York. Just think about the sounds <laughs> that you hear in Brooklyn. Like it, it's a city, you know, I mean, there are sounds, there's like construction, there are horns honking, there are people that, you know, eccentric people yelling, like, <laughs> like that is the, those are the sounds of the city. So why is this particular sound so difficult to hear. And I think that there's ways that we can be considerate of each other and, you know, keep our roosters in the coop until a certain hour so that we're, you know, we can all live together in harmony. But I really feel like if we're going to be moving towards sustainability and saying, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're making this, this pact to be more sustainable and this is what we're going to do. And then we're like, oh, but but I don't want to hear a rooster crow in my neighborhood. Like, I think it's it's time that we normalize that again and kind of make that sacrifice. And now I'm going to step down off my soapbox. OK. <laughs> OK. On that note, let's start with the listener questions. I have two listener questions today and they're about roosters. Lisa asks, is it possible to have more than one rooster in the same area without them fighting? I had two and I had to keep them separate, but I wanted to keep both of them. Okay, so it really depends. Roosters will get along the best when they grow up together. So if you have roosters from baby chicks and they grow up together, that is your best chance to have them get along and not fight as adults. They may they may work out the pecking order, but not, you know, I mean, some roosters will fight until they kill each other. So that's certainly not what we want. And you'll have the best chance of having them to be able to co, you know, to co, um, to live together. <laughs> Don't ask me to talk today. Uh, if they grow up together as babies. So now this isn't always true because it does depend on the breed and it does depend on the individual personality of the roosters. So this is another case where you need to have a plan. You've got to have a backup plan. Okay. Uh, there are some breeds of roosters that they just are not going to get along. At, you know, when they get older, um, you know, they've been bred to fight. They've come got that in their lineage. And um, it would be very difficult to keep them together once they reach a certain age. But, you know, I mean, if you have, if let's say you have another way to do it is if you have an adult rooster already and you have young roosters that you want to integrate into the flock, the younger that you can introduce them, the better. Okay. Now you don't want to do like before eight weeks because they're going to get, they, they will get hurt. But for a rooster, you may want to have them to where the flock can see them at least. Um, you know, once they're eight weeks old, they can see them, but they can't get to them. 
Because the sooner that you introduce a rooster to the older rooster, the easier it will be to for them to work out like, okay, like I see you're a little guy, you're coming into this flock and you just need to know like I'm the rooster here, I'm the head rooster here. And they can establish that and hopefully get along. Because, you know, I mean, I had Philippe and then I I got um, Bubblicious and Hebert and they were babies they were very young when they met Philippe. They were probably about uh, maybe eight to 10 weeks old when they met Philippe. I kept them separate so that Philippe could see them. And he never he never really had a problem with them. Now they're both bigger than him. So <laughs> so he's he's been taken down a notch. But they and they have they have like argued they've, they've squabbled and they've established where they're at with each other. But they they do not draw blood on each other. Okay, so it's just one of those things, you know, do the best you can, see what happens and have a backup plan. Okay, Angela had a question. My first flock has three roosters and three hens. They are 20 weeks. I bought four more chickens from Tractor Supply and those girls are very close. The big chickens tolerate the little chickens. Is it true that my roosters will suddenly turn on my girls and kill them or kill each other. I was told that I needed to get rid of my boys or kill my boys and only keep one. Every, you know, chicken people are not, not Angela, but you know, the people giving advice, it's always like extremes. (laughs) Um, Do you have a video or a podcast about this? You know, um, Angela, a good one that you might want to listen to is, uh, it's in season three. It's a podcast. I think it's called like dealing with pecking order issues and bullying or something. I I think it's episode seven in season three. I'm not positive. But in that one, I talk about um, pecking order problems. I talk about rooster issues. And I also talk about flower essences. And that's one thing that I do that can help with kind of these um, flock dynamics. So you might want to check that one out. Um, I don't think that they're necessarily going to kill each other or kill your hands like that. Um, that would be an extreme situation. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Uh, it, you know, certainly if you don't follow any kind of like integration, then then you could have some problems. But I think your main problem is that it will be stressful on your flock to have that many roosters, you know, for that amount of hens. Likely it will be stressful because as I, as I was talking about before, it's best to have at least eight hens per rooster. So, you know, if you if you can, and I know this isn't possible for everybody, it may not be possible for you, but if you can, it would be best to integrate some more hens into your flock if you really want to keep those other roosters. And if you can't do that, you know, you could wait and see how everyone gets along if you do that, you need to know that you are taking a risk that you might end up with some problems and you might have a chicken that gets beat up or something like that, or a rooster that gets beat up or worse. So that is something, you know, you got to keep a really good eye on them and just really pay attention to how they're getting along. Your other choice would be to start now and work on rehoming a couple of your roosters And I know that's really hard and nobody ever wants to hear that, especially my young viewers, my younger viewers, they don't want to hear that. But if it's going to cause stress 
to your flock. It's going to cause you stress too. And it's not a great life for your roosters either because they won't have what they need in order to, you know, feel um, happy in their flock. So you, you don't have to, you don't have to kill them. Like that doesn't have to be the first, you know, your first choice or your only choice. You can take your time and you can work on rehoming them. Um, you can go into some chicken groups online, ask around. You can go to your local humane society if you if you have that and ask them for some resources. Um, find out if there's a rescue near you and maybe ask them for some resources. I just think all is not lost. Like it doesn't have to be the worst case scenario. Okay. So I hope that's helpful to you. And I thank you both for your questions. So I am going to open up the chat for questions now. So Lee has a question. My Rue is three months old. He's young. (laughs) He's already acting the fool. (laughs) My Rue is three months old and he's trying to mate with the older hands. He's not doing the rooster dance or being polite. Will he learn manners? Uh, Probably. He will probably learn manners. Just right now, he's just like, ah, you know, he's like a, he's like a <laughs> teenage boy. You know, he's just, he's, he's having trouble. He's having trouble right now. Um, but I would give him some time and, and see if he settles in. Even Philippe, like when he was young, he had a, one of the ducks, he would chase one of the ducks around. And I think it was because, like the big chickens would have nothing to do with him. Like they were like, what? They had nothing to do with him. And so he would end up chasing this one duck around all the time. And it was super stressful for that duck. And I had to like, had to remove Philippe a little bit um, just until he calmed down. So hopefully he will calm down. Um, it's probably just his hormones are raging right now. Uh, Kingdom of Gallus Flufia. <laughs> I love that asks, uh, can a dominant hen take a rooster role at at protecting the flock, et cetera? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's going to be, you know, even if you don't have a rooster, there's going to be the pecking order and there's going to be a hen on the top of that pecking order. And, you know, some will take on more rooster role than others. And some, some hens will even start to grow. That's not very common, but it does happen. Um, but yes, they, they, they often will take some of that role. Um, I've even seen like a duck take that role in, in their flock and be the one that just stands and watches around, um, to see if there's, if there's any trouble lurking. But yeah, I would say yes, that can happen. It might not be as, um, as extreme as a, as a rooster, but certainly they will take on some of those roles as the top hen. Yep. Uh, Benny, 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 he, oh gosh, I know I pronounced this wrong last time too. I'm sorry. I'm destroying your name. Why is my silky rooster the size of a regular chicken? So, there is some, uh, you know, silkies, are not always considered bantams. It depends on really who you're talking to about whether or not they're considered bantams. In the U.S., they're more, you know, more people say that they're bantams, but they can be fairly large. And I think your, you know, your silky rooster is probably just, he's just a normal silky rooster, but 
Um, as bantams are a little bit bigger, you know, they're a little bit bigger than like, you know, a uh, like let's say a um, you know an old English game bantam or something like that. They're on the larger side, so and some people don't even consider them bantams. So that's that's why he's the size of a regular chicken or a standard sized chicken. Uh, Bulletproof asks, how old do chickens have to be to lay? So usually between about 16 to 20 weeks, they will come into lay, sometimes a little bit sooner, sometimes a little bit later. And um, it also depends on the season. So if they come into lay, let's say they turn 20 weeks, but the days are really short, like it's in the middle of winter, the days are short, and there's just not enough light for them to have that, uh, you know, full egg laying cycle to happen. Um, they will wait until the days get longer. So, but normally it would be between 16 and 20 weeks. Duval City Girl Gardener asks, how long do chicks need a heat lamp? Uh, I would say six to eight weeks. You know, sometimes, especially if you live in a hot climate, like even at four weeks, a standard size chicken might not need a heat lamp anymore um, just because the temperature outside is, is quite hot. But usually, especially little bantams, they might need it at least at night until they're eight weeks old. But it depends. Really, I would look more to when they are fully feathered. So you want the chickens to have all of their feathers. And if they have all their feathers, they really don't need the heat lamp anymore. And they might have like a little tuft still on their head that's not, you know, that's still fuzzy. And they should be fine without a heat lamp. Now, it depends on the temperature outside. Like if it's if it's 15 below, um, you're going to have to take some time to acclimate them to that temperature. And I have talked about that a lot before. In fact, I have a video. I think it's like how to safely put your baby chicks outside. And I'll link that in the description and in the show notes, um, because you don't want to just even if they're fully feathered, you won't, you don't want to just throw baby chicks outside when it's super duper cold because that would be too much of a shock, especially if they've been under the heat lamp that whole time. So just be mindful of that. But generally when they're fully feathered, it's springtime, um, the weather's nice outside, it's very mild. They should be ready to go outside and, and be without their heat lamp. Okay, um, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but I'm going to talk about it again today because it is relevant. Uh, M is asking, what are your thoughts on a rooster collar to uh, reduce the crowing in an urban area? So um, this is, it it is controversial. Uh, Some people really feel strongly that it's cruel, you know, it's cruelty, that that you shouldn't do it. And, And then there's other people that think that it's okay. I usually kind of land in the middle of things. (laughs) So I would say it depends on your situation. There's certainly roosters that just cannot tolerate the, the, the crow collar. And so what M is talking about, it's called a no crow collar. Um, I think like uh, my pet chicken sells them and it's just like, it's a collar that goes around the rooster's neck and it's not, it doesn't like choke them or anything. It just goes around the rooster's neck. And what it does is it keeps them from fully extending their necks to to belt out that big crow. They will still crow. And I think people don't realize that, but uh, they will still crow. You know, maybe they'll stop, but usually they'll still crow, but it'll be quieter and they might not crow as much. And, you know, some people will see that and they'll feel really uncomfortable 
about the fact that, you know, here's this animal that has this natural behavior and he should be able to have that natural behavior. You know, we shouldn't be stifling that behavior. And I can totally see where they're coming from because generally I do agree with that. But I think there are situations where if you have to look at your particular circumstance. So I think if, you know, in the interest of keeping roosters with their flock, sometimes the rooster crow can be something reasonable. Uh, the the no crow collar can be something reasonable for you to do. And I know somebody that has their silky rooster in one. It's like a little bow tie. <laughs> and she loves that rooster. Like that she is vegan and she is like, I mean, that rooster is everything to her. So, you know, in that scenario, like I think it's a it's a better you know, it's a better situation for him to stay with her flock and stay where he's loved. Because like I said earlier, I see a lot of abandoned roosters. And I think, um, you know, we we have to give people options. So this can be an option. Obviously, if, if a rooster just can't get used to it, if they're just like panicking in it and they're super uncomfortable, then that's not an option. You know, like I, I wouldn't try and force it on them. Um, but in some scenarios, I think it's okay. And I'll probably get comments about that because <laughs> I always do. So um, Bar O Sunflower asks, I have a chick that hurt his leg. What should I do? So in this scenario, you know, obviously, obviously, your, your best course of action would be to seek the advice of a licensed veterinarian. Um, and it always depends on how severe it is. Like, what are we talking about? Like, did they break their leg? Are they just limping? Like what, you know, what is going on? Did they cut their leg open? What is going on? So obviously, like if it's a wound or whatever, you want to treat that wound. And I do have a um, blog post that uh, the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor wrote, and it's about uh, what to do if your chicken gets a wound. Um, so I will link that in the description and in the show notes. Usually, you know, when I see a chicken that is limping, first I will... I will remove that chicken from the flock because both for your flock's protection, I mean, both, uh, actually, it's not for your flock's protection because it's not contagious, <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully it's not contagious. If it is contagious, then it's not good. But, um, you know, if you, if you know that it's an injury, then I would remove that chicken from the flock uh, for its own protection because when a chicken is compromised, they are at risk of getting attacked by their flock. And that's because of, uh, you know, the pecking order and flock dynamics. It's, it's an unfortunate part of a chicken's nature. So I would remove it from the flock and put it in an area where it doesn't really have to move around a lot. Like it can get to food and water very easily. It can be comfortable and it doesn't have to be on its feet and can rest, you know, whatever's going on with it. So if it's a baby chick, I would put it with maybe one other baby chick, um, you know, like a gentle baby chick. Make sure it's not getting that that chick is not picking on the injured one so that they can still be together because baby chicks will get super lonely by themselves. But you can keep an eye on it and make sure that, you know, the chick doesn't have to move around a lot because really you want, I mean, just like any injury, you want to be able to rest that injury. 
Um, another thing that you can do is get some Arnica. Um, if you, if you're okay with using homeopathic, some people don't like them. I am a big user of homeopathics and I, I, I have used them. I have seen them work. Um, and Arnica is really accessible. Like you can get it at the health food store very easily. Um, and I would get Arnica in 30 C potency Boiron is usually what, what the health food stores have. It's like a little blue vial and it's little pellets. So I would take one or two pellets and put it in your chick's water. And that will help with um, not only like the shock of the injury, but also the swelling, the bruising and the pain. Okay. And I would do that until I saw, like, if you notice that they're getting better, I would stop. I, I would stop with the arnica in the water at that point because the way that homeopathics work, um, you know, if they're start if if you notice that they're getting better, you need to stop dosing and don't dose again and, and unless you see them backslide. Okay, so if they stop limping um, or, or the injury seems to be getting better, stop dosing, and then if if they again start to kind of like look like the injury is bothering them, I would start dosing them again. And I would do that until they got better. So yeah, and then you can also put a rescue remedy, which is a flower essence that I use a lot. Um, I really like it. It's to calm them down. And they sell that at like Petco, Petco and PetSmart. Um, I would put a drop of that in their water too. But hopefully it's something that, you know, they just need to stay off of it. Um, obviously, if it's like an obvious like, break or something you would need to either get veterinary care or try and splint it or something. Um, but if it's just, um, you know, some kind of sprain or whatever, they may just need a few days to stay off of that injury. Okay, guys, I know that there are more questions and I'm sorry, I cannot get to all of them today, but I really appreciate you guys being here today. Um, thank you to my moderator and co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to give it a thumbs up here on YouTube or you can rate and review it, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you take the time to review my, my podcast, it really helps me. It really does. It gets you know, it just does something that does that algorithm magic, you know, or works that algorithm magic and gets the podcast in front of more people. So I really appreciate um, when people rate and review my podcast. Um, but the one thing that I want you to know above all other things here in Chickenlandia is that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.